Opening day is just over two weeks away, and one of the top free agent hitters is still out there on the market. Michael Conforto, does he possibly still make sense for a team like the San Francisco Giants? It would definitely make things crowded, but I'm going to talk about the case and look at what the opening day roster might be next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs, I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already. And hello to those of you on YouTube. You can check us out on any podcast platform. And coming up on today's show, I want to talk a little bit about Michael Conforto. His free agency is bizarre, given that he is still out there. He is... Uh, inarguably the best remaining free agent. He's certainly the only free agent still out there who anybody predicted to get a multi-year deal. Everyone else would just be kind of uh, dumpster diving, for lack of a better term. These are all major league caliber players, but uh, in a baseball sense, dumpster diving. But Conforto is a good player, and it is a little bit unusual and and strange that he is still out there. And part of this is that uh, Tommy Pham was with Conforto as kind of one of the two best remaining players, and he signed with the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. For a number of different reasons, I, as time went on in the offseason, didn't really view Tommy Pham as a fit, uh, as the best fit, I should say, uh, for, for a number of reasons I don't really need to get into, but not surprising he ends up on a team like the Reds, although it is a little weird. But for the Giants, how could this possibly make sense? I mean, the thing is that the, it's an attractive player. We're talking about a guy who's just 29 years old. He had a down season in 2021. And so that's part of the equation for sure. Like he's one of these guys who, if he had entered free agency just a couple of years ago, he probably would have been looking at a deal close to $100 million. And then even in the short COVID season, he had a very good year, very good year. And then, so if, if he had entered free agency even last year, he'd probably have been looking about at about a hundred plus million dollars. But in 2021, the numbers just kind of weren't there. The defense uh, took a step back and the weighted on base average was more or less league average, but the expected numbers based on the quality of contact were much better. So when I look at Michael Conforto and kind of the whole package, I know he was dealing with, I think, a significant hamstring injury last year. At least, uh, I think Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets was talking about that with me on Twitter. But that's not going to deter me from my interest in the player. I just think that it's potentially an impact bat, left-handed hitter, corner outfielder. The thing is, the Giants are a little bit overflowing with these types of players. These corner guys who have some experience in center but are better on a corner and can hit in Mike Yastrzemski and Lamont Wade Jr. 
and Jock Peterson, and they also have Steven Duggar as another left-handed option in the outfield. And so they're a little bit left-handed heavy as it is. And so adding another left-handed hitter, you might say, doesn't make the most sense. And I would agree with that. It doesn't, it's not the cleanest fit. But given that there's a DH in the National League, I think that there's a way to fit this in. And I really don't see why the Giants wouldn't try to buy low a little bit here. And it's it's very odd that we haven't heard a lot about his free agency. I know some of you are thinking this, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. There is some question as to whether or not he's been vaccinated for COVID-19. And, then, and that definitely could be playing a role here, especially given what's going on in Toronto, where visiting players who are not vaccinated are not going to be allowed to even enter Canada, let alone like play in those games. And so that is a big deal going right going on right now in the American League East. There was a story from Jeff Passan for ESPN today talking about how Trevor Story's deal almost fell apart because he wasn't vaccinated and he had to agree to be vaccinated in order for this Red Sox deal to be finalized because they have so many games in Toronto in a given year. So yeah, he had to agree to get vaccinated in order for that deal to go through and for the Red Sox to agree to it. And so for Michael Conforto, he just had some of these quotes saying it was a personal choice issue. I think entering the 20, it may have been the 2020, no, 2021 season, of course. And I read the story just to kind of get a better sense of what's going on here. And what he was saying was that he had COVID and that uh, he w- he had been in communication with the doctors and that they, the team was very educated on this. And there was a question as to whether or not, uh, having recently had COVID, that whether or not he would be vaccinated. And so that's kind of the context that I saw it as. And it wasn't so much as, I mean, it had a lot to do with the fact that he had COVID was the question about whether he would be vaccinated. And he basically just made it sound like he didn't feel like talking about vaccination status for any player, let alone himself, publicly to the media. And so I didn't take it as some people have taken it, but that definitely could be playing a role here because maybe he's waiting for potentially the law in Canada to make an exception, which I'm not saying I think that that's a good idea or that Canada should do that. But in New York, there was a question as to whether players could play in in New York. Uh, Kyrie Irving, I don't know all about that situation, but there's going to be an exception made. And I think Aaron Judge this applies to. So anyway, this is all kind of going on in the background. And it could be that uh, it's affecting Conforto's market and that teams like the Blue Jays, who have been reported to have some interest in him, you're not going to sign him if he's not going to be allowed to play in your home ballpark, right? No brainer. And so it could be that he's waiting it out to see if an exemption gets made for these pro athletes to be able to play in Canada. And again, I'm not saying that should happen. I don't know what's going on with that. It's kind of far away from our scope here on the West Coast, uh, not in the American League East, pretty much the opposite side of the country and the other league. But anyway, I think that that could be what's holding things up. So I just wanted to address that. But regardless, I think that there's a way to fit them in if you have... Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. as your left fielder against right-handed pitching. In center field, this would move Yastrzemski there. And then you've got Michael Conforto as your best outfielder, really, probably. In right, as more of an everyday everyday guy, kind of the only everyday guy among those three. 
Yastrzemski really, really looked like he was struggling against left-handed pitching in 2021, but before that in his career, he had done well against them. So this would kind of potentially not be a fit because it might take opportunities away from Yastrzemski to be an everyday guy. But what if he struggles again against lefties? Then you kind of have some issues. Or you feel like, why did we not sign a player like Conforto just to give Yastrzemski an opportunity that he's not thriving with? And so I think you can make that work. So coming up next, we'll talk about how that would would actually work. If you've got Wade, uh, (laughs) Yastrzemski, Conforto, and then Jock Peterson as the DH, what does it do to Steven Duggar? What is the lineup against right-handed pitching? What does it do to Darren Ruff? So there's a lot of ramifications here, and we're going to tie this in to kind of predicting what the opening day roster is going to be. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's that time of year again as college ba- college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports podcast scores and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, as promised, I want to continue talking about. The fit potentially for Michael Conforto, I understand it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but it really shouldn't be, given that he may be looking at a one-year deal. He may be looking at you know, a three-year deal that's reasonably priced. Like, for example, the prediction by ESPN coming into the offseason was three years, $51 million. And I just think that's a super reasonable type of contract. It's not the $200 million deal that the Giants may want to stay away from, like the 182 million dollars that goes to Chris Bryant that just seems like an overpay and that's why they're not in that market if you're talking about a very good player controls the strike zone hits for power can be a good corner defender is only 29 years old for 17 million a year over a short term I don't understand how that wouldn't be a fit for this team even though admittedly it would make things crowded and if it wasn't for the DH then I would say it's basically impossible to fit him in. Anyway, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. A lot of those players on the Giants that he talks about a lot. His show is free and available wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, let me just continue kind of talking about what it would look like to add a Michael Conforto. As I said, Wade, Yaz, Conforto in your outfield generally allows you to have Jock Peterson as your designated hitter. Now, some of you may be thinking, what about Darren Ruff? I thought he was going to get those opportunities to be an everyday kind of guy. Well, I don't think that they necessarily just want to hand him that. The other thing is that there are always injuries that come up throughout the year, and he would be kind of your next in line to get those opportunities, which will come up. They just do. There's injuries, there's underperformance. So I don't really see that as a big issue. And what it would do is against left-handed pitching, your starting outfield could be, uh, let's see, (laughs) there's a lot of different interchangeable parts here. So I would have Darren Ruff as your left fielder. He's an underrated defender. He's not terrible out there. 
And he's not even not terrible. He's decent to good out there in the outfield. So underrated defender, I would have Ruff not as the DH against lefties, but as the starting left fielder. And Austin Slater, I think, would continue to be an important piece of the puzzle, and he could be your center fielder against left-handed pitching. This is where they're a little bit thin, and it they would have to have a lefty against a left-handed pitcher in the outfield if you add a Michael Conforto. And really, if they don't also, this is where people say they need to add a right-handed hitter. The thing is, Elliot Ramos is on this 40-man roster. Jalen Davis is on this 40-man roster. So if it doesn't work out, and if they don't sign Conforto, there's a way to, to, to introduce those players. I mean, for Ramos, it would be his major league debut. For Davis, it would be a, yet another opportunity uh, to be that platoon player in a corner. And so that those guys are on the 40-man. It's hard to fit them. It's next to impossible to fit them if you add a Michael Conforto. And even if you don't, it's hard to fit them on the uh, major league roster given that there's a, a size limit. Although that limit is... Uh, pushed up to 28 from 26 for the first few weeks of the season due to the delayed or shortened spring training because of the lockout. So anyway, if you have added a Conforto, he's probably in there as an everyday guy against left-handed pitching as well. And then your DH, I think that uh, they have a lot of options coming from kind of the infield spot. It would allow you to have Wilmer Flores as a designated hitter. You could have Tyro Estrada as your second baseman, and you could have Brandon Belt in there as an everyday guy. I think that he deserves to not just be strictly platooned. Of course, he'll need some off days, and that's where you've got all these interchangeable parts. You've got Darren Ruff, who could play first. Wilmer Flores can play first. They've got a lot of different possibilities and moving parts, but I just see it it gets tight, but I do believe that a player of Conforto's caliber, it's certainly worth considering, and it just surprises me that we haven't heard more about his free agency in general. We did have a report a couple weeks ago that uh, from Alex Pavlovich of NBC Sports Bay Area uh, that the Giants were checking in on Conforto and that they had genuine interest in him. So I do believe it probably has something to do with that vaccination stuff. And if he's not vaccinated, then uh, a lot of teams, especially teams in the American League East, are in a holding pattern and their interest in him is contingent on either him getting vaccinated or these laws changing. The other thing I wanted to point out about Conforto, not only, I mean, I mentioned all the good fits, but I've done a little research on him. First of all, he seems like a good dude, seems like kind of a, a, a solid personality is the sense that I get. He's not too cocky he's not too selfish it seems he just seems like he would be a good teammate and he's driven to win he's driven uh to be to perform on the field and he's also from seattle so he's a west coast guy who's spent his whole career in new york so maybe he would welcome the opportunity to be a little bit closer to home and also he apparently lives in scottsdale in the off season so you know of course the giants train in scottsdale have spring training in Scottsdale. And so I'm sure that it would be a welcome opportunity to sign maybe a three-year deal with a team that trains down there. So you get to spend an extra month at home. It's definitely a thing that players talk about when they say, you know, I was looking for a team that had spring training in Arizona, whereas the Mets have spring training in Florida. 
So, and a lot of a lot of those East Coast teams do. Eastern Division teams train in Florida, if not all of them. So, I just think there's there's a fit here, and a lot of people are probably thinking I'm crazy and that it's a pipe dream, but I don't see why it should be. And I think that that projected contract is reasonable. I've been trying to think about what would he be looking for? Is he looking for a one-year deal to go back onto the market coming off a better year? In which case, maybe playing for the Giants isn't the best fit because the ballpark, especially for left-handed hitters, is definitely not the most friendly. And I'm sure he would be thinking there's a better place to rebuild his value. But on the other hand, They've got these hitting coaches who have clearly made a big difference with a lot of Giants players over the last couple of years and helped veteran players, including lefties like Crawford and Belt, be not just the best versions of themselves, but like superstar offensive players. And so the Giants can pitch that, certainly. So I've been thinking maybe not the same money, but a deal structured similar to Carlos Correa could make some sense, where it's like a, a guaranteed three years but it has opt-outs after every season. And so he he gets the security of a three-year deal and the money that comes with that, whatever it is, $51 million perhaps, like ESPN predicted. But if he has a monster year, he can opt out and re-enter the market. So I think that type of deal could be a fit for both sides, and I really don't see why the Giants wouldn't be in on that. So coming up next, we'll turn the page, and I want to kind of map out what the rest of this 28-man opening day roster would and will look like for the Giants as opening day is just over two weeks away. We'll we'll take our first stab at it. So stay tuned for that. But first, all right, as promised, we are going to get into uh, the rest of the roster for the Giants. I'm trying to take a first stab at predicting uh, what would have been a 26-man roster but is actually a 28-man roster. Uh, for the first three weeks of the season. And it helps the Giants because they have some out-of-options players that this will allow them to carry instead of having to DFA them or trade them or have them on the roster and option somebody they don't want to have to option. They will eventually have to make those decisions, but they often have a way of working themselves out. And that's exactly what I'm talking about with an, with adding a player like Conforto. It may seem like a logjam, but you know one one uh, sprained wrist later to one key player and all of a sudden you feel like you needed that depth and so having too many good players is usually not a bad thing and that's kind of what I'm proposing here so on the opening day roster let's just kind of map this out starting with the infielders it's a lot more clear there they don't really have anybody with options except for Jason Vossler and so he's the only guy on the 40 man who's purely an infielder that I don't have making the opening day roster. So I've got Lastella for okay, Lastella is injured so he may or may not be ready for opening day, but let's just assume that he is and then we can work from there if he's not. But Lastella, Belt, Crawford, Longoria, Flores, Mauricio, Dubon, Dubon, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> uh I have him making it because he's out of minor league options. This is the first kind of key guy here. And then Tyro Estrada, I also have him making it. He's also out of options. So you can't send these guys down anymore. So anyway, that is uh, seven players on the Major League roster out of eight infielders on the 40-man roster. So, okay, there's our first seven. Then in the outfield, I'm calling Darren Ruff an outfielder. The Giants announced him as an outfielder when they signed him to that extension. They said, we have signed Darren Ruff, outfielder, to an extension. So anyway, calling Darren Ruff an outfielder. 
Lamont Wade Jr., out of minor league options, so he's making the team. Uh, Jock Peterson can't be optioned. He's obviously making the team. So that's three right there. And then the other two I have making it are Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater. And that leaves Elliot Ramos, Steven Duggar, and Jalen Davis as not making my team. And Duggar being the one difficult decision there. He does have an option remaining, even though Roster Resource says that he doesn't. But especially, okay, I don't have Conforto on here, and I'm still ending up at 28. And so we have to option Steven Duggar in order to make this work. So I'm going to explain why. But that's five outfielders I have making the roster along with my seven infielders. So we're at 12. And then Joey Barton, Kirk Sally, they're the only two catchers on the 40-man roster. So as it is now, they are definitely both making the team. And so then that comes out to 14 position players. And right there, generally, that's too many if you have a 26-man roster. Usually it's more 13-13, although the Giants have gone uh, 14 and 12 with more pitchers or more position players over time over the last couple years. But anyway, 14 position players works given that we're at 28-man rosters to start the season. And again, this is not counting Conforto. So if you add a Conforto, who goes? That is the question. It may lead to a DFA of somebody like Mauricio Dubon. So that's just something to keep in mind. But he is out of options, and I don't know how big of a role they envision him having. So this is where it gets tight. Anyway, moving on to the pitchers, it's pretty easy in the starting rotation with Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, Anthony DiScofani, Alex Wood, and Alex Cobb. None of them, uh, Logan Webb can be optioned, but come on, he's obviously not being optioned. There's your five starters. Matthew Boyd is on the 40 man, but he's injured, so he's not going to be there. Sam Long, he goes by Sam now. Uh, he's got options, and I'm optioning him. Sean Jelly on the 40 man has options, and I'm optioning him. So there's five starting pitchers. And then the bullpen, that leaves us with nine spots available to fill out a 28 man opening day roster and the Giants have expressed a desire to have more pitchers given the expanded roster so it could even be they go with uh, 13 position players and 15 pitchers but I've got them at 14 and 14 so Camilo Duvall Tyler Rogers and Zach Littell and Kervin Castro all have options but I have them making the team and then the guys who either don't have optioned or can't be optioned that I have making the team, Jake McGee, Dom Leon, Harleen Garcia, Jose Alvarez, and Tyler Beattie. The kind of questionable one being Tyler Beattie, but he's out of options. So that's why I definitely have him making this team and hopefully getting a chance to prove himself. And if he proves himself worthy of a roster spot, great. But if he really struggles, then potentially there's a freed up roster spot for you. And these guys who are out of options and may be fringy roster players for the Giants are definitely trade candidates as well, with Dubon and Beattie kind of standing out. But I think they'll they'll get an opportunity before they just deal them away. But if there's a roster crunch, maybe not. So those are the guys I have making the team. That was nine. Castro, Beattie, Alvarez, Latell, Garcia, Leon, Rogers, McGee, and Doval. The guys I don't have making the team, Jacob Junis. Uh, Gregory Santos, John Brebia, Junior Marte, and Randy Rodriguez. 
these guys all have minor league options, and so I'm using them. You could keep Junis and maybe option Latell. Like, there's different ways you could go here. They have a lot of optionable pieces in the bullpen. But besides that, they don't really, and there's not a lot of flexibility with the rest of their roster spots. So that was our first stab at the Giants' 28-man opening day roster. I believe there's a way to fit Conforto. It does get tight. It does lead to tough decisions. But this is a really good player who's still out there. Career uh, numbers, 356 on base, 214 isolated power. The numbers jump off the page even more against right-handed pitching. And he's historically been a good defender in the corner, and I think that he slumped this year due to an injury. So 29 years old, I just he just turned 29 in March. So he's he's a young pup, and uh, it is in, it's too quiet in his free agency. And with two weeks to go until opening day, oh, I have to mention, he's got the qualifying offer attached to him. I'm, I apologize I didn't mention that earlier. He would cost the Giants their second highest draft pick in the 2022 draft, but they pick at the end of every round. Plus, there's the the little round in between the first and second round. I forget what it's called. But so this pick would be about 65th overall that the Giants would surrender. That is not worth like just not signing a player. Like you're unwilling to just give up the 65th pick in the draft. Come on. It's a good player. That pick is not worth that much. It has some value, but it's not like, you know, giving up the 10th pick in the draft. Very different than that. So I see a potential fit, but we'll see. I, I think it's less it's not very likely at this point because the Giants seem intent on not making this addition, but I don't see why they shouldn't. Anyway, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB. Uh, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to do a mailbag, so look out on Twitter for the prompt, and I can't wait to be with you again then. Thanks again for listening today. Really hope you enjoyed today's show. Stay Locked on Giants.